This is Tell Me What to Read, a podcast from the people at Booktopia where every week I sit down with some book experts. We talk about the books that we love and why you might love them too. My name's Ben Hunter. I'm recording this on unceded Wongal country and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. And we extend that respect to any First Nations people listening today. Today on the show, uh, we are going to round out a uh, a series within the series on the Booktoberfest extravaganza that's happening on our wonderful website right now, um, which you can go and check out in prizes and find the best books of the whole season to um, feast your eyes upon. Uh, but we're also going to have a little bit of a uh, Halloween time. Uh, and to get a set, I have uh, two just brilliant humans in the room who I'm just thrilled to be with. Cass and Jess, how are you? Hi. Hello. Um, so you've both been doing a little bit of uh, supernatural reading. Supernatural reading is the best way to describe it. It is spooky season. Um, I, I hear some of it is a little bit smutty um, and some of it's a little bit funny. Uh, what are you loving? Tell me. I've read quite a few. So I've read like three vampire romances lately. It's three more than me. Back to back. <laughs> and I'd like to preface they're all bonkers. Mm-hmm. Bonkers, but like in a good way. So the first one I'd like to talk about is My Roommate is a Vampire by Jenna Levine. Uh, great title. Great cover that I'm looking at as well. It's such a cool cover. I love it so much. Basically, there's this young art teacher who does like sculptures from the sea and she needs a place to live and rent. And the only place she finds online is ridiculously cheap. Um, there is a housing crisis right now. Trying to find a rental in Sydney is a nightmare. Relevant. Well, so it's, it's in the US, but yes, yeah, okay. yeah, essentially. And so Cheap she rent, takes good. the cheapest room available, moves in. Oh, by the way, I should mention this is a Raylo. Oh, I've read, <laughs> obviously. Um, and yeah, she moves in with this guy who's like a bit sus. She, he writes like letters. What's his name again? Oh my God, it was Frederick J. Fitzwilliam. Um, and slowly starts to work out he's a bit odd mm-hmm. um, and that he actually has been asleep for over 100 years and wanted a human roommate to teach him how to be in the modern world because he doesn't even oh. know how to order a coffee Cute. or That's leave the great, house. Um, concept. But it's bonkers like it's just such a weird plot the dialogue had me laughing um little bit smutty nothing like you know like one to two chilies nothing you know ridiculous but I really enjoyed it I feel like for people who just want something they can just get through quickly and have a fun time don't take yourself too seriously that is like a really good read cozy spooky read yeah, yeah definitely. Following- Cozy, spooky, slightly smutty rate. Yeah. And then the lovely Hannah from Penguin also sent me, because I've requested a vampire book, sent me another vampire book. And I was like, great. Um, and this is My Boyfriend is a Vampire. And this is hilarious. Um, I don't know in hilarious in a good way, but I still really enjoyed myself. This is for Twilight girlies. I would like to say, Twilight. and I am the te- I am that exact demographic because I was obsessed with Twilight when I was younger. I used to be ashamed of that. I'm now, I just sit with that myself now. It's okay. It literally, he dresses up as Edward Cullen for Halloween. So it's Hazy, short for Hazel, and Godric Hawthorne. Godric Hawthorne. Yeah. And does Godric get shortened or just hazy? Yeah, they call him God, which is, mm. yeah, it's questionable but funny. Um, it's very spicy. I mean, could have gone with Rick, but okay. It's very spicy. He has two brothers. They live on college campus. They're like 300 years old. Um, she's doing pre-med, which 
I feel like the minute they kind of meet, they throw all character development for her kind of out the door, like any interests, whatever. It's just about him. But, again, the Twilight vibes, that's what I kind of got. And to be honest, I loved Twilight as a kid and I got halfway through and even though I was questioning things, I couldn't stop reading it. I could not put it down. It is that very addictive fan fiction vibe, which is definitely not bad for spooky season. Um, Would you say it's fang fiction? Wow. Oh. oh, yeah, no. Um, boo, I love that. Boo That's to so you, good. <laughs> boo to you. Um, That's so good. And the other book that I've read is The Fake Mate by Lana Ferguson. So that doesn't come out for a little while, but it's two shapeshifters um, who are both doctors and it's a bit of fake dating. Mm-hmm. What, it's, what do they shift into? Wolves. Oh, but okay. it's Omegaverse. Classic. I don't know if anyone okay. knows what the Omegaverse is. Ooh, I don't know. No. Okay. No. Google it at home, kitties. Um, I feel a Reddit rabbit hole coming It's on. a very specific a trope or ex- type of relationship. In okay. You'll actually probably, I think uh, the new Ali Hazelwood Bride is an Omegaverse one as okay. well. But uh, it's basically they're wolf-human kind of people who have certain biological responses. They mate for life. They bite in the neck. Got it. Other Things, Other things that I can't talk about, about on this Halloween. can definitely happen. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I'll Learned tell you some after education. Then. Yeah. Um, but it was actually so much fun. I read that in one sitting. Oh, okay. One sitting. I loved The Fake Mate by Lana Ferguson. I highly, highly recommend. If It's very Ali Hazelwood adjacent. For anyone who loves that, p- pick it up. Seriously, The Fake Mate. I cannot recommend it enough. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Uh, Jess, what what can you possibly do to, to top, top that? Top, top the, uh, um, well, the vampire trilogy. I have had uh, an imme- momentous moment in my reading education, and I have finally read my first ever Katie Roberts book. Um, oh my god! What an awakening! You might know her from such uh, titles such as Neon Gods and a, is it Electric Idol? And she's mm. done a lot of um, taking Greek mythology and uh, rolling it around in chilies and then publishing it into a book. Um, and TikTok loves it. Yes, TikTok loves her. So I am reading her, her latest book, which I believe comes out very, very soon. Um, it is called Hunt on Dark Waters. And um, it is not set in the Greek mythology logical world at all which um i was like cool we're going to do something different and uh was sold in by somebody who knows me very well and got me with um bisexual which runs away from vampire girlfriend and jumps through a portal into another world and ends up on a pirate ship sold 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 was it good um so i actually have about Mm, like a chapter left to go and I'm kind of saving it but so far it's really good so it's got that like um damaged soul running away from something in their past found family kind of vibe lots of different magics in magical worlds and it's kind of got this like metaverse feeling where there are like portals into different realms it's got this amazing um, chemistry between these two characters, one of whom is the captain of the pirate ship and is some huge, great big hulking brute of a man who is coming to terms with the fact that the institution that he has been fighting for for his entire life maybe is a force for evil and not a force for good that he believed it was. And now it's like 
sending him to an existential crisis, but there's this like beautiful little witch that's by his side who's just going to help him through it all. And it's really cute and um, very interesting and uh, is, to be quite honestly, very tenuously linked to Halloween, apart from the fact that it has a vampire and a witch in it, but I'm going with it. portal. And people Uh, dress like pirates on Halloween, I feel. Right. Does it have the like, who did this to you? No, not really. It doesn't have any of the who did it to you vibes. Um, Mm. But it does have... Like the the witch, the main character is a complete kleptomaniac. And I just kind of love that about her, that she's got this thing that she like just cannot help but like steal take, things, steal things from people. Um, right. And then like every like this is this massive guy. And every time he turns around and he's like trying to keep her safe and stuff. And she's like, I stole this. And he's like, what? It's really funny. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so it's a really good fun book um, and is in the Booktoberfest campaign. Brilliant. I, I have this kind of fear of, um, not necessarily Katie Roberts, but but a lot of the like um, dark romance stuff that is yep. all over TikTok at the moment. That the relationships are uh, prob- toxic, problematic. Uh, but I'm not getting that vibe. Um, from I this think that the best way to solve that problem is make it gay. Nice. <laughs> um, I love that. So uh, yeah, there is there are like there are some elements to it that are very much rooted in the patriarchy and this sort of element in that he is constantly his character development at the beginning is very much just about how large he is as a man um which i i I mean height thank you um but other things height and yes yes yeah and um but then actually it does become kind of important in the storyline because it's this whole thing of he's stepping onto these islands and he is feared by the people and it was like oh i always just thought it was because I was rocking around in this red cloak and I'm massive and it's part of the crew that I'm on, but actually it's maybe what the crew stands for and what they've done in the past that maybe is why you're feared. And actually, if you were the hero that you think that you are, then people would be excited and pleased to see you. So where is this fear coming from? And it's this whole idea of like, okay, maybe you need to reassess how people are seeing you and that kind of thing. So um Yes, there are. There can always be areas where the relationships are problematic, but in this particular book, um, less so. And I like it. This sounds like it has actually a lot of depth. Yeah, I think I just made Katie Roberts sound deep. Hunt yeah. on dark waters, people. The depths <laughs> you never knew you were looking watch for. Watch out, Booker Prize. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Cassie, you have such a big pile. Yeah, um, you've brought in so off books. I've been off the pod for a little bit, and I've just been reading a lot, so I have a lot to go through. Tell me about it. What All have right. you got? Well, if anyone's a fan of second chance romance, which typically I would say is one of my least favorite tropes, I have a recommendation. It's called Forget Me Not by Julie Soto. I'm pretty sure it's out now. She is a wedding planner. She's up and coming, and uh, her ex boyfriend Elliot Bloom, <coughs> Elliot Blooming. Uh, you know, Elliot Bloom is a florist because of, of cloth. Course he of course, of course, of blooming flowers. Mm, they kind of used to go out. We don't know at the beginning of the book why they've stopped, but she gets this really great opportunity. The one that she's been waiting for with this massive influencer wants her to do her wedding, which would give her the standing that she needs to really take on her competitors. Um, and they want Elliot to do the flowers and everything. So she has to work with him again. And it's kind of not told in a very linear way. It slowly unfolds. At the same time you're going through her, um, her name's Arma, in the present time, you're slowly unveiling 
their, how their relationship happened originally and how, how it fell apart oh, and how they come back together. And it's actually, I've really enjoyed it. He's fully tatted. He has tats of um, really extinct flowers all over Ooh. his body, which is a really interesting one. Um, it's a very low, by the way. Oh. <laughs> I calculated right. I've read nine Raylo books this year. Tell me about it. You're waving at me and saying this book. Yeah. Ooh. So then the, I don't know why that made me think of that. Maybe it's a little bit like about second chances. But um, the other book that I have recently read, which was sent to me by um, very kind Simon & Schuster, is Sisters of Sword and Shadow, which um, is a, a kind of a retelling, but maybe more of a, um, an adjacent book set in the world of Arthurian legend. Um, and my tagline for this is a knight's tale, but make it Barbie. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's like this, this. it's set in this world of where, you know, it's King Arthur, Knights of the Round Tale. So think jousting and, um, squires and tournaments and, um, yeah, but there is this manor house, this, this. Yeah, this house where it is run and completely for and only for women. And so they are learning to sword fight and they're learning to joust and they are being knights and they are being squires and they are disguising themselves as men whenever they leave the gates and then competing against men in these tournaments and like obviously absolutely winning and completely and utterly decimating the men and it's wonderful um, is it YA um I think it's probably sits across maybe I think maybe it is YA but could probably um there isn't any kind there aren't any sex scenes in it that I would say would firmly seat it within the adult realm um but I would say it has enough depth to it that it could be an adult book this sounds amazing yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the the protagonist is quite interesting, and there's like just a slight whisper of magic about her, maybe. And Ooh. I think it's probably going to be a trilogy. And it's one of those books that I felt satisfied at the end of it. So it wasn't like a cliffhanger where I'm like, okay, what's happening now? What's happening oh, now? Good. Yeah, but um, that I'm intrigued enough by the characters and what has happened that I'm like, I'd read another. I'd read another book set in this set in this world. Well, speaking of follow-up books, um, there's one book in Booktoberfest that is huge that we just haven't oh, shared absolutely. about Absolutely, yes. Probably yeah. Uh, and it's not out yet. It's incredibly embargoed. I'm surprised so you brought, no, it, brought no, it up. I thought it might no, have um, given you some pain already. <laughs> I mean, the pain is just trying to get stock of the book for, yeah. the, for the millions <laughs> of people that want it. So that's that's a good problem to have. Um, and if you're listening, we're working on that. Um, uh, we're talking about Iron Flame. Obviously, Rebecca Yeah. Uh, Basically, follow-up. like Deathly Hallows Part Two, with how much it's locked down, right? Like yes. lock so, and key. Yeah, there's no yes. early copies of this. No manuscripts floating about. Um, we no. we we are like uh, in in the shadows as much as you are, dear listener. But um, I want to know, as keen fans, both of you, what are your expectations? Okay, so my hot take on this is this is literally going to be make or break. Like, if this book is anywhere near as good as the first one this woman is going to be like 
set for life. She's going to be the next yeah. SJ Mars and everyone will read everything she ever writes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that is a really, really tough act it is. to follow. Um, but with the, the kind of mic drop that she left at the end yeah. of book one, I don't think it can go wrong. I feel like I would agree. I would not want to be Rebecca Yaros right now with the amount of pressure it is to yeah. deliver a smash sequel. Um, I have some interesting theories because I'm obviously on like fourth wing talk and there are some interesting theories floating around for because Rebecca, I feel like she has some really good foreshadowing mm. that she even set up in fourth wing. Yep. And I'm wondering like if there's a little bit more kind of happening. And yeah, obviously we want to know because of that big cliffhanger mm. at the end. And how long it'll take Violet to forgive? Is it, do we call him Zayden? I feel like Zayden in my head, but. Yeah, yeah, I've said it's Zayden in my head. Yeah. Um, how long it's going to take to forgive them and. Oh, I think he. I think he's got a redemption arc happening, like chapter one, first one. Yeah, it's gonna happen. What also bothers me is so many times he says in that book, in the first book, um, "You're going to be the death of me, violence." And I'm kind of like, is that foreshadowing? Is he going to die at the end? Are they going to pull like a Akatar vibe and then move back? Um, I'm so excited. I have literally want to pencil out. It's November nine or seven. Seventh. Seven. I kind of want to pencil that day and just take a day off. Yeah. I won't, but I, I do kind of just want to sit and read it. So all day long. I just want to know what happens. It's meant to be massive. I think it's yeah. like a lot bigger than Fourth Wing, and Fourth Wing was decent too. Yeah. Great. Well, I um, fully second your anticipation, and I cannot wait to hear your thoughts, both of you. Uh, are there any other books? Oh, Cassidy, you have this book that is just exploding with um, what are the little sticky oh, notes? Oh, annotations. Annotations. Oh, bite stickies. back. Have you read it? I haven't. I got to meet her. Oh, wow. So I wouldn't mind having a quick chat. I know this is a very big departure from what I normally read as like the resident smart queen, but um, Please, uh, I actually I did love read it even more the fact that the resident smart queen has like. I read sm- nonfiction. And look, by looking at the number of tabs in this book, Loved it. Well, so she's 25 as well. Hannah is lovely, incredible, hilarious, and she's 25, so that made me feel I was like... For the listener, Hannah Ferguson. Hannah Ferguson. is the book. Yeah, uh, co-founder of Cheek Media Co., which is like this big Instagram kind of media outlet, but it has a bit more of a feminist slant on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm about to talk very feminist, guys. Um, But she's amazing. I was so intimidated because I was like, oh, I'm also 25 and I'm not as talented or done anything but she is the loveliest human and when reading her book I just couldn't put it down because she makes these really hard topics not only funny but they hit where it needs to hit and she backs it up with research like she doesn't just go I think this she's like fully admits that she's only 25 and she's still learning herself and I don't know everything but this is what I think we should do to keep moving forward so there's a whole chapter called the m word so the um Main part of it, it's feminism, media, politics, and our power to change it all. And I'm pretty sure it's sold out in a lot of places. It's very, it's killing it. But um, what really got me is this one point, she talks about her young self and she's like, I thought I was different. I was the person who sang Vienna by Billy Joel and said, it really got me. (laughs) And it got me because it's my favorite song. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. But no, it's seriously amazing. And I think all women, men, anyone should read this book, young, old, I'm just... I think it has so much power. Cool. I'll borrow your copy when you're done. I love the fact that you've annotated it for me. Yeah, there's a few really good quotes, I think. Oh, yeah. 
The fight hasn't changed. Our conversations continue to echo the same devastating sentiment. While 10-year-old me had an unshakable political aspirations and was determined to reach my top job, my eight grade self sat quietly at home watching Julia Gillard's misogyny speech replayed on the six o'clock news at war with emotions that didn't know whether to sit in awe or sadness that this was even necessary. How could watching a woman in the role of prime minister be discouraging? Because the media made an example of Julia Gillard. They sent a clear message to women, to young girls like me aspiring to success. You will not win. If you have children, you'll be crucified for failing at motherhood. If you are child-free by choice, like Gillard, you are as barren as the fruit bowl on a dining table. If you rise by behaving like a man to gain power and respect, you'll be crucified for your lack of feminism and departure from representing and speaking to women. But if you center your womanhood, you're playing the gender card. Young girls around the country watch women persecuted by the press for their ambition, their intellect, and for their sheer willpower and belief in their voice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it's also concise. She says every every sentence is so powerful and so meant to be there. So good. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. I will yeah. say really nothing to read that to, in addition to that. That is perfect. Let's end there. Jess, Cass, thank you for your insights and your book recommendations and your wonderfulness. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Ben. We'll be back in your ears uh, same time next week with more book recommendations. If you enjoy this, uh, tell a friend about it um, and subscribe for episodes every week. Until then, happy reading. Mm-hmm.